0: Welcome back. This week at the Radiant Podcast, we have Kate Warman joining us. She is a LA-based lifestyle blogger, inspirational speaker, host of the Heart of Dating Podcast, and co-founder of the creative content emmer, Kate Cat. Kate's mission is to empower women to live joyfully and authentically through living a balanced lifestyle. Kate encourages women to have the courage to own their story, walk in victory, and thrive with purpose. As a single woman, Kate is particularly passionate about the topic of heartbreak and relationships and has a deep hope that the dating scene can be transformed. Because, let's face it, the struggle is real. She loves Jesus, going to Disneyland as much as possible, all things French, and is wildly obsessed with Celine Dion. And guys, as you can tell, Kate is quite the personality. We have so much fun chatting, so let's get to it. Now, before we dive in, I want to remind you to screenshot this episode, share it on Instagram, share it in your feed, on your stories, and tag Kate and I to tell us what you loved about this episode. I love hearing from you. I know our guests love hearing from you as well, and it helps spread the word about the Radiant Podcast. And if there's anything that's on my heart for this year is to get this into more listeners' ears. So... I'll see you on Instagram. And now let's get to it. Let's dive in. Hey, Kate. Hey, Kelsey girl. What's up? I am so glad to have you on. We
1: have been trying to make this happen forever. So it's good to finally chat. I'm so happy, you know what, girl, all in God's timing. I'm like, whenever is the right time, we're going to happen, and I know we're going to be instant friends when it does happen, so I'm just excited to be here and talking uh, with you today. Me too, girl. I would love for you to start
0: by sharing your story, who you are, what you do, all the things, because I think my radiant tribe's going to love you
1: yay okay so all right a few things about me i am a just like logistically or whatever on paper i'm a blogger and a speaker and i'm also a podcaster so i'm the host as well of another podcast called the heart of dating podcast which is really a podcast focused on dating specifically christian dating trying to navigate those murky wild waters because this struggle is real like i always say and i have a lot of fun talking about that a few other fun facts and then i'll dive into like a a little bit how I got to where I am today but I am completely obsessed with Sol- with Celine Dion like she's the greatest human on the planet so I feel like anyone who wants to like know about me needs to know I'm obsessed with Celine. I also (laughs) frequent Disneyland at least once a month, if not twice. I have a season pass and everyone's like, well, Kate, why do you love Disneyland so much? You're an adult. Like what's the deal? And I'm really busy and stuff. And I say, you know, I love it because for me, it's a place where it just, you don't care what jobs people have or how much money people make or how old you are. Like you can use your imagination and there's so much joy to be had. And that's why I love it it's transporting to a different land and for me that is so much fun and it allows my creative juices to flow and brings me so much joy in the midst of like sometimes craziness of life so I always encourage people find whatever your Disneyland is like what is the thing for you that you love for me it's Disneyland and for some people that sounds like the worst thing on the planet to be around (laughs) kids you know (laughs) and I'm like no I love it um okay other things so I'm a single woman I'm a single as a dollar bill over here single to pringle, <laughs> single ready to mingle you know what I'm saying so um but a little bit of my story I guess because obviously I now have a dating platform and usually when you have a you know platform of any kind there's a story behind how you actually got there so just a little bit of what brought me to where I am today in talking so much about dating. So I have quite the dating past, quite the dating gamut. You know, I've been through so, so, so many different dating situations, but I have 15 years of dating experience. But the funny part is so, like in high school to college, from 14 to 24, basically, I had a constant flow of boyfriends. So I had like 10 years of boyfriends. And if that's not enough embarrassing. <laughs> enough, like, I also had, like, at the age of 16, I had 16 boyfriends, which is not a, like a fun fact. <laughs> I love to admit, but like, you know, so eventually, after a really bad abusive relationship, I kind of hit a low point, And I felt like, okay, something's going on here. I have to figure out what is going on because I've been dating for the last 10 years and I have not been single. And I was also constantly ending up in relationships that did not end well. And I felt confused and heartbroken and wounded. And and I was like, well, there has to be a pattern here. I can't just sit here. And a lot of times when we're in bad relationships, we want to just blame it on the guys. We're like, well, that person did this to me. And this person is, you know, they're X, Y, Z, bad, insert whatever bad word. But when it's a frequent pattern over and over, we have to, what I've realized in life, take radical ownership of ourselves. And so I kind of went on this journey of figuring out, well, what really happened to get me to this place of constant relationships, putting myself too much in relationships? So I went on a journey of singleness and like rebuilding love for myself. And after like two and a half to three years of that, also some therapy, things like that in the mix. And after that, I felt like ready to date again. I was super pumped. I was excited. I was like, let's do this. I'm ready. (laughs) And, but then I realized I wasn't dating at all because at that point I had realized that I had this giant list of. Qualifications so that no one could actually enter my dating life at that point. Because I was like, oh, well, I'm never gonna get hurt again. So I'm gonna have this crazy giant list. So then through that, I kind of realized, oh, I maybe have to, maybe I have to test the quality of what's what's actually on my list, test the quality of my qualifications. And so I started dating more. I started dating people I wouldn't normally date, and it was so eye-opening and amazing. And so that's where the journey in the last few years I've been on, and I've had a few amazing relationships relationships, one that I did think was going to end in marriage. It did not. So I love talking about like just heartbreak and rejection and how we can withstand that. But flash forward to today. So a few years ago, I remember specifically in the heat of all of this, a friend of mine, like, you know, when I was in my kind of like recovery phase, those few years of being single, a friend of mine said, Kate, you know, I think God wants to use you to share your story with people, to really inspire and encourage especially women, but men too, but in the brokenness in relationship and to find freedom and wholeness and love for themselves. I remember she said this and I was like, oh girl, there is no way I am sharing my story. I was like, that is really nice and all, but like, because at the time I did not want anyone to see what my life was like behind closed doors because about, that was like four years ago, I was still working a high power fashion career. I was a buyer at some really high fashion companies in New York and then in L.A and there was no like no way I ever anyone would ever see what was really going on. So, over this time, right, God built up in me this like spirit of confidence and love and I started healing from my story so that I could actually see it as a beautiful part of my life instead of something that was just broken and shame filled and something I wanted to hide. And so that has brought me to like I said a year ago I started feeling like well dating is such an interesting topic But the problem with it is we all talk about it, all of us single men and women. But when it comes to especially being a Christian and dating, it's exponentially hard because we look to the Bible for source of references for everything. But we don't know, like, there's nothing in the Bible about dating. It just doesn't exist. Like people back then traded other people for land. Which is yeah, anyway, so and we don't want to be doing that anymore, but because of that we don't and we don't have a lot of directions and pastors don't love to talk about it because they feel it's subjective. They don't really feel either that they're maybe qualified because they got married a long time ago. And the scene is different with Instagram. So I decided, you know what, I want to start a conversation. And I want to use everything I've learned and healed from to kind of step into the gap um, and provide resources for especially Christian singles, who just really have no idea what's going on or feel frustrated or heartbroken, confused, whatever. And so that's what I do now with my podcast, Heart of Dating. That's like, um, I a dating course so I'm all about you know dating <laughs> and dating well and dating like and thriving in it and not being so destroyed by when things don't work out or don't don't go the way you thought and yeah it's especially relevant because I still am single so I still am going through this journey and a lot of people are like well Kate like you know well, you you're not married, so why should I trust you? I'm like, well, the thing is, though, when you have had this much experience, like there are still actually a lot of people who are married and really unhealthy or in, in marriages they wish they weren't in. So, you know, even they probably needed some of this advice. And even though I'm not in a marriage yet, I would say that when you're paying attention to the hard parts in your life and you use it to learn and grow, you become in a way an expert on that because you're really paying attention, and therefore you can use that to help guide and encourage others. So that's what I'm doing today, girl. That brings me to my life in 2018, 2019, all this, all the things. Yes. Well, I (laughs) love getting to talk to people who are
0: actually living it. And obviously there, there will come a, a time when there's a new season for you, but I love getting to hear from people who are like really living what they're teaching, because I think that's, you know really relatable i think that it gives you a layer of clout and credibility and respect and kind of this we're all in this together mentality and i love to talk about dating because a in the christian world i think we way over. i think we over spiritualize it i would love to hear your
1: thoughts
0: yes Let's start there. I was just on the phone. I have one of my best guy friends who, you know, one thing I'm really, I always tell my friends is like, Hey, like not every guy friend or person of the opposite sex is going to transition well into marriage. But that was one that did, you know, him and David are really good friends. We still catch up. He'll often run dating things by me. And we were talking on the phone and I was like, wow, I'm so glad you're just chilling out. Like we Way overdo it with Christian dating. I definitely, you know, wondered if every single person I went on a first or a second date with was my husband. And it's like, gosh, can't we just date? And I was boy crazy. Now, my husband knows that. It's like, you know, we we laugh over it. All my friends know it. There's no avoiding it. I loved boys. David was the first boy I had forever peace with, and we got married.
1: <laughs> so, I love it. So I would
0: love to talk about a over spiritualizing dating.
1: Yes, girl. Okay, so speak my language, right? Because the thing is that Christian dating can be super awkward, like. For many reasons, so let me talk about the awkwardness first, and then the over spiritualizing. Because the awkwardness is like all these weird little rules and and things that we have in our own mind. Like at the and it's just fun to make light of it. Like at the end of a first date, I always am the most awkward, you know. And still <laughs> to this day, I work on it really hard. But it's it's like just funny because you're like, do I go in for a frontal hug or is that too much? Do I can I only go in for a side hug? Like can I kiss him on the cheek or is that awkward? And is that only what your grandma does? Like I don't, <laughs> you know. And then, like, you know, second, third date, you're like, can I send him my favorite worship song? Like, can I send him a sermon on love and marriage? And you're sort of, like, weirdly thinking and wanting to do all these, like, really bizarre things that are just funny and, you know, <laughs> we can all pretty much relate to. I'm, like, seriously sitting here wondering, like, is he an oceans or a reckless love person? <laughs> like, yeah. <you know>, like- <laughs> I like people. Literally, this is like, it's so funny. You watch him, how he's worshiping at church. Like these are the funny, just Christian things that we have to make light of that we all do. But then in hyper-spiritualizing, you're so right. So some of the things I normally see, I feel like there's like four different tiers. There's like hyper-spiritualizing, there's some legalism, there's blaming God in ways and high expectations. So in hyper-spiritualizing, I think that we, it's like we need a word from God before we go on a first date. We're like, I need to know that I know that I know that I'm even going to go with this person to coffee. And I'm like, y'all do not have to know that before you go on one coffee date. Come on. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is not like a marriage proposal. You're not signing a contract. You're getting to know someone. It's about reframing our perspective. You're getting to know someone different from yourself and learning a lot about yourself in the process, right? And so it's just that whole deal. Like, I don't know if anyone's listened to or read Dr. Henry Cloud's How to Get a Date Worth Keeping, but he's all about like, you know, women, this woman he talked to was basically sitting there and she's like, you know, I'm frustrated. I'm not going to date anymore because I just feel like God's going to just bring me the right one. He's just going to bring me it. There's no good guys out there. So I'm just going to give up and wait and it's going to happen. And I remember in the book, Dr. Cloud was like, well, girl, I'm, I'm sorry, but unless you're going to marry the FedEx guy, God is not delivering your d- perfect dream man to your doorstep wrapped in a bow. <laughs> it doesn't like that. And if you think that on your first date, you got to know, that's just like, it's not going to necessarily be that way. You hear stories. Yes. That does happen for people, but it's not everyone's story. Okay. (laughs) Like I know plenty of people that in the beginning were like, I'm not even interested in him or her. And then they ended up getting married. You know what I mean? And, and then another thing I think we do other than hyper-spiritualizing is like, we have, we were a little legalistic. So like, IE the, the times of I kiss dating goodbye and just things like that, which still kind of haunt our generation. And Josh Harris actually recently, I don't know if you saw this, but he, um, the author of that book came out and rescinded, um, the book basically and everything he wrote, he was like, I apologize. That was wrong. And he's not even selling the book anymore. He's so embarrassed He really put his money where his mouth is. If he's not even selling it. Wow. Well, and he wrote it when he was 20 now it's over 20 years later I mean also 20 year olds writing a book it's just funny like I don't even know how that happened back then (laughs) like did anyone filter the content but you know we like to be really legalistic with some certain things and and that can be really detrimental and create like a lot of pressure and I'm not saying like yes have boundaries yes no it is good for you but like we're just like we can get a little too in this process of like seriousness. And that's the whole thing is like dating. Then we miss out on the fact that dating is fun and it's exciting. You make new memories with people. Like if you, you can go on an amazing hike with someone, you just made an awesome memory and did something fun. You can make new friends. A lot of the guys I've dated are friends of mine now. So when we have these weird legalistic rules, it makes it super awkward, uncomfortable and sometimes harder to break free of, um, another thing I see people do girls. Sorry, I'm just going off on my like things I noticed, I love but, it. <laughs> but we often like to like, kind of blame God for things too. Like, you know, instead of like in a breakup telling someone, Hey, <gasps> I you know, so I <laughs> yeah, like, so am I, um, instead of being like, Oh, you know, X, Y, Z things are wrong here or not working out for me. And I don't think we're a compatible match. And, you know, instead of that, we're like, God told me you're not the one. (laughs) Yep. So God told me to break up with you. And I'm not saying all the time, like God may put that in your heart and you got to discern through that for sure. But like just saying that to someone is like, let me just blame it on God. And then the other person's like, what are they going to say? God's wrong. You know, like... (laughs) Well, I didn't hear that from God. So I don't know what is God really saying? Actually, I've gotten that. And that makes it so much more confusing because now you're playing a game of God said this or God said that, you know, and that's really tough. Be honest with people. Tell them, even though it's uncomfortable, why it's not working out, you know, and you can tell them the truth and grace and love and not be mean. You're helping that person and you're helping them to grow, which is the point of dating. So you know? And then I think that last thing that we do is we put super high expectations, similar to the hyper-spiritualizing, but high expectations. Like you literally go on a first date and you're like, what's their 401k? What is their credit score? Can I see them as a mother or father of my children? Like you start picturing your life. You start thinking of like your name with their last name and does that flow nicely. And like all these weird things. I'm like, you guys, No. And I say all these things because, girl, I've done them. I've done basically all of those things. (laughs) Yes. If you are a (laughs) listener and
0: find that you are someone we are making fun of here, just know we're making fun of ourselves as well. Because I have totally done these things. I'm so glad we're having this conversation. You know what is really funny? I have this long high school, college sweetheart, amazing human. had a second one in there that I... Also refer to as Moore, but the first one who was so kind and amazing I pulled the God card on twice both times we broke up and I imagine myself often when I'm in my hometown running into him and apologizing and that's exactly what I did last time I ran into him was apologize oh, did you and I just feel like if I ever consistently run into him I will just find myself apologizing because I have this like guilt of like Oh, I cringe at how I pulled the God card on him and <laughs> I, he was amazing. There are actually so many positive aspects of our relationship. I feel like he helped me set up to understand what I want out of someone in life, which paved the way to meeting my husband. I think I have so many amazing, you know, gifts that I attribute to dating him. That was a very positive experience. And I, you know, What I thought I was doing the right thing, I would love to unpack why you know God told me to break break up with you isn't really the kindest move because in all honesty, what a big indicator for me in dating and when I would break up with someone was I would lose my peace. So in in my heart of hearts, I really believed that was God telling me to break up with them. And in a sense, I think it was, but I don't think it was necessary for me to deliver the breakup with that statement. I think I should have just... I think we could just leave that out because it starts to get really old when the God card is pulled coming from the girl who did it over and over again. That's something I wish I could go back and undo it. And I think when I did apologize the last time I ran into, you know, this kind boyfriend, I was like, I'm so sorry. And he said, I knew you'd come around. (laughs) Like he was so gracious. And I was like, I just, it's all I knew how to to speak about that. It's it's the only way I could give language to what I was feeling in my gut, which just was I was losing my peace at, in, in the sense of us being together forever. So I needed to break up with him. And so I was doing what I felt was right for me and right for him, but I just wasn't putting the right words to it. What would be a
1: better way to do that? So totally. The thing that I totally agree with you on is – We can lose peace for sure, and I have had that as an answer for me before. But the way the reason why it can be problematic is peace is, can be volatile, right? Like one day I can feel peace about something. The next day, maybe I don't because our emotions change, our situations change, like our moods change. There's like a lot of things that change. And sometimes the inner turmoil we're feeling is not like truly a God inner turmoil. It's like just ourselves in our own heads and getting lost in the battlefield of the mind. So we have to be able to be clear with our Thoughts. And so that is, you know, a part of that is being mindful, you know, practicing spiritual disciplines. But I think in order to say, I don't have peace you which could totally be the case, you gotta make sure you're discerning it through with other people. So my recommendation to people is always like, okay, if you're feeling that way, totally hear you. One, make, you know, give it a little bit more time to make sure that's truly how you feel. Bring it up to someone you trust, like a mentor or someone just really close to you in your life that you can confide in and they can like help you process that pray through it for sure like journal pray whatever and i also think just the sp- spiritual disciplines of like solitude silence and stillness like really make sure your mind is being you're clearing your mind in a way like seeking God because in praying we're talking to God but then in like when we're meditating for example we're hearing from God more because a lot of times our prayer life can be like okay God so this happened and then I want to do this and then thank you for this and then I want to pray for this and it's like all of us talking yeah (laughs) sometimes we just need to really sit and be silent and be by ourselves and be still and like hear God like through in those moments. And too often our culture and the way our society works with hurriedness and busyness, it, which people think is a badge of honor and it's not, but that's just the way our culture is where you don't prioritize those things. So I'd say, you know, get into those places where you can really search out if That is a lack of peace because then you'll figure out like, okay, I've done these things and I still feel this lack of peace. So this is definitely confirmed, you know, like I can be solid in this. Now, I think in delivering that information to someone, it's always good to – give them a solid reason for why something to go off of, because I just think like telling them I don't have peace and I've gotten that answer before. In fact, in a very hard heartbreak relationship that I had and you know, Honestly, he's a lovely man. This is not to speak against him in the slightest. I think he was nervous. The thing that I think in retrospect, he was nervous to tell me the truth was because he thought that it would be a hit to my self-worth or my self-love. And he was worried about that. So he was trying to protect me, you know, the truth of whatever it was in his heart. But in doing that, like it kind of spirals you after a breakup to focus on the why. And then you start, like, honestly just analyzing everything and you aren't able to really figure it out. And you're like, okay, God, I got to, I just don't even know. So, but if he had told me maybe more of a specific reason, it would have helped me to actually be like, oh, okay. So that doesn't mean I'm not worth something. It doesn't like have to diminish my sense of value or the fact that I am worthy of an amazing relationship. It can instead just help me to have more clarity and see maybe there are things I still have to work on. Or maybe at the end of the day we're just not the best match for the kingdom. And that's okay. But without with just saying like, sorry, Kate, I don't have peace, it's like (gasps) But wait, our relationship is healthy. And wait, like everyone else loved us and or whatever it is. And you are like very confused. I think when you're the person delivering the information about I don't have peace, you got to just know that sometimes you're going to be misunderstood. And sometimes you're going to say things that other people don't take well. But you are not responsible for the other, the way that person takes the information. If you think you are, that's something like uh, it's called codependency. That's what happens. When you think that you have to try to control their response and you're so worried about their response, that's a codependent tendency, which a lot of us fall into. But you're not responsible for how they receive that information. You are only responsible for you. So you are responsible for being graceful and loving and truthful and kind. And if you're doing those things and being honest with them, then the way they receive that information, if they receive it very poorly or it's destructive to them – that is on them to figure out and you don't have to take the responsibility of that baggage along with you.
0: Oh, preach girl. Okay, well maybe I need to talk to my counselor about being codependent because responsibility is everything I go back to all the time, every time I'm counseling. Forever. Parents, husband, friends, whatever, it's always responsibility. So maybe I should <laughs> chat about that. You know
1: what, girl? It's no shame though. I'm a total recovering codependent. The book Codependent No More by Melody Beattie is amazing and open my eyes to like the fact that mostly everyone has codependent tendencies. Some worse than, worse than others. I have major codependent tendencies. So I, like I'm saying, I'm a recovering codependent. I'm still working on those tendencies. <laughs> like still gonna be there, working on it throughout life. But yeah, it's interesting when you find like you're too nervous about what other people are gonna think or say or like having to kind of clean it all up. That is like more of a codependent thing.
0: Oh my gosh, I would have never characterized <laughs> myself as codependent, especially. In- in my marriage and, and because of my childhood, I'm extremely independent in a way. Like I actually, you know, before I got married, had recurring dreams about being more dependent, but I do resonate with that deep responsibility for people's responses, what they're going to say, what they're going to think of me. That That is probably something I could visit. And so I wrote the name
1: of that book down. <laughs> um, so, yeah, girl, we're just preaching over here. We're, we're having therapy right this now. This is
0: good. good. I'm like, okay, I think I've got my topic for the next quarter at therapy. You know, when you start to wind down and be like, wow, I think i am at a great place. And then that one thing comes up and you're like, well, there's my next focus.
1: <laughs> um, you bring that to your therapist, she'll be like, oh, or he, whoever. Is like oh yes we can definitely talk about yeah living. we've been, been, I've been for waiting no for no you know. to
0: be at the place to talk about this but <laughs> um, so okay so through your experience not only are you kind of living out the dating scene what are you finding patterns as in in your interviews on your podcast um in your you know course you recently launched the heart of dating I would love to kind of hear what patterns you've seen develop in your research as you've explored this topic tell us all the things because I think I I would just love
1: Love to know, yes, so that's so awesome. Thank you for asking that. So, there's a lot of different things. I think if I'm going to focus on like mainly, well, I think there's two things. So Let's start with the first one. I think on tangent to what we were just saying that, you know, sometimes we're awkward as Christians and sometimes we're just like, we put way too much pressure on dating. In doing that, I think what ends up happening is we're idolizing this picture of marriage and God doesn't say that we should idolize marriage. It is a beautiful gift, but it's not the end goal. And so part of that is being really solid in our single lives, like really knowing deeply and truly our vision and purpose and, you know, having a strong community Really discovering love for ourselves, developing practices of rest, doing things in our singleness, which I like to call cultivating holy ambition for the kingdom. So being able to use that time and not see singleness as a burden, but as an amazing, powerful time in our life that honestly is a very short part of our life. If we are meant for marriage, like singleness is so small, the scale of how long we're going to be married, you know, in, in retrospect. So I think one is that people You know they put too much of a weight on marriage. And therefore, because of that, and maybe sometimes idolizing it a bit, they don't go into dates with an open mind. So that's where you get the too much pressure on dating. And people get so terrified of asking people out that they know at church or going out with people because they don't know how that is going to end. And they just like, what if they don't like me? What does that mean? What does that say about my worth and value? And I think it all comes with we need to reframe our perspective on dating. Like we just highly need to reframe it. And the way to see it, I think, and I believe that's true and good is to see it as a means to meet someone totally different about yourself and learn so much in the process. That's the number one thing we need to look at dating differently. And, in this process, if you're being clear, if you're being honest, if you're being intentional, you don't have to have enemies and it doesn't have to be awkward. So once you learn this new process and also practice things, because when you go, when you start to date and date more, you're practicing things like communication, you're practicing having awkward conversations with people. You're practicing sharing your feelings with someone of a different sex. That's different than sharing with a woman. Right. And you're practicing a lot of things that are very important. And so in essence, I would say you're like sharpening your tools and your toolbox. Um, And you're getting that much better at practicing being an amazing single human that is actually getting you more prepared for marriage. Um, But at the end of those times, if it's not working out with someone, it doesn't have to destroy you because you're so, And what your idea of dating is that you don't, you haven't put yourself all into the relationship because you're super solid with who you are as a single person, regardless of the outcome of that dating situation. And so I think, you know, my biggest, what I recommend to people is like, basically my challenge is date anyone of good character. And the caveat is don't date anyone okay so don't just date everyone and anyone under the sun but date anyone pretty much of good character which means you take away if the person is not your type, quote unquote type, because usually types about physical qualities and not (laughs) about truly the heart and character. It's like, is he tall? Does he have an amazing car? What's his job? Blah, blah, blah. Like that's their type usually. And I'm like, well, what really is your type? Like, and if it's not based on anything heart character wise, then I'm like, "Mm, yeah, no. Yeah. (laughs) And so we need to look for a character that like, God says is good character and God's not calling out any of physical things. He's only calling out the things at the heart. And that's what we should be attracted to. So in essence, like by dating more and by dating people of really good character, we are gonna learn so much in the process about ourselves we're going to learn more about what we actually want. And God is going to surprise you in amazing, miraculous ways. Like I thought that I would want one certain kind of person. And through different experiences, I realized like, oh, that would be horrendous for me long term, actually. Like I've always been attracted to like creative people, like musicians and things like that. And just for me, I just know the kind of life I want with some of the people I've dated that are musicians or creative in that way. It just doesn't, like mesh very well because I'm very type A. I'm very organized. I really need someone that helps it can be like a partner in some of those things and who has a, a lot of mission and who has structure and lot and like values those things. So it's been interesting because what I thought was my type, which is like this amazing musician that looks like Adam Levine or something. <laughs> it's not my type. It's actually like not truly what I want. So we learn that, but we only learn that through dating and dating more and dating people of good character because and then, you know, there's a whole slew of areas in figuring out like, because the next part about that is like, well, too much when I ask people, well, what are you really looking for in dating? They don't have an answer. They don't know what they're really looking for. They're like, it's either such a small, rigid list or it's so non-existent that they don't really know. like. The, it's amazing to me, these people who are dating, who are like, there's just no good men or women. But then I'm like, well, what are you really looking for? And why don't you think you're finding that they They just don't even know. They're like, well, I can't even voice other than loves God. You know, I'm like, okay, well, what else other than loves God? That's great. But what else? <laughs> so yeah, girl, I think it all starts with reframing our perspective and seeing a pattern of like, we are not dating enough because we're so freaked out by what dating really means. And as women, we got to encourage the ladies here. We have a huge responsibility in this, which means because guys always say to me, I'm afraid to ask women out because I'm afraid if I go out with more and more women, they're just going to ruin my reputation because us girls, we like to chat and we like to just, you know, share all about ourselves to all of our girlfriends and our dating lives. But the problem with some of this is that, if it doesn't work out with a guy, I just want to say this. He does not have to be blacklisted. He does not have to be blacklisted from dating any of your friends. When I date someone that doesn't work out, I'm like, this is awesome. Now I can give this guy a letter of recommendation to one of my other friends. <laughs>
0: you know? <laughs> I I love that. So so I would love for you to talk about the fine line between like leaning into singleness and Not dating enough, but also dating too much because for me, I was boy crazy, but I had, you know, a year here or a year there where I'd be single and not, and like just going on dates sometimes or have little crushes or talking to someone, but nothing serious. And I'm really, really appreciative. For those seasons where I wasn't with a legit boyfriend a serious relationship because I was really able to t- to determine what I like what I wanted um, and then yeah. then I definitely had friends who serial dated long relationships right until the day they got married and that's fine but I found that they had to find themselves inside of marriage after mm. that big moment versus finding themselves before marriage and I, I'm just really glad I got to find myself before ma- marriage to be frank um Yeah, what's the fine line of not dating enough, but dating like constantly being in a relationship?
1: Yes. So, you know, as I said earlier, I went I had 10 years of back to back relationships, 14 and 24. I was like, boom, 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 boom. And so a huge thing when stepping back and kind of analyzing that point in my life, I started realizing like, okay, the, why was I dating that much? Like what was going on? And when I got to the root of it, which we all have to get to the root of like, you have to be constantly questioning yourself of why are you dating this much, Kate? What is your true, what, like, are you doing this to really figure out what you want? And you're like, you're learning and growing and using this as a means to just like press forward and be even that much of a stronger, like single woman. Or, are you actually dating because you're trying to fill some void in your heart that says that I need someone to validate me or that I need that love from this specific person. And so it takes some self-reflection because I don't think that dating a lot is bad. But when you're dating a lot and a few like warning signs is if you're dating a lot and constantly feeling extremely heartbroken or overly frustrated or just that like, you know, like thoughts of losing love for yourself or feeling a little worthless, like every time someone doesn't really like you, Or it ends, then there's probably something going on wrong in your heart. And that probably is, you know, a means to say, oh, okay, I got to figure out where this is coming from. Let me do some searching. Like for me, that journey looked like after that 10 years, really diving in deep to realize, wow, there were points in my childhood that I realized, you know, certain situations were happening where I constantly felt like I had to prove myself. And so because of that, and because of just the way my upbringing was, I spent time I spent my life trying to get approval from other people and specifically from men. And I wanted that attention from men so badly because I felt like, well, if they can show me I'm loved and valued, then that will mean I am like, that will mean I'm great. And so that comes through obviously just knowing a deep and true love for ourselves. Cause I believe when we know that and we're super solid in that relationships, heartbreaks, things Don't have to take us down. Like a heartbreak may prick you. I always say this like, it can prick you, but doesn't take you down, like flat on your face, like you're wiped out, you know? And so, I think that there's that balance of like, you got to do some heart checks. If you're dating a lot, like I know for myself when I'm dating a lot and I'm kind of in a weaker season and you know, this is just real. This still happens to me where I have to really analyze like what's going on, Kate, because if I have too many guys in my life reaching out, trying to get attention or something from me, I have to say, why am I giving these guys attention? And then I realized, oh, it's because I've been in a hard season right now, a really busy season, and I haven't had my true one-on-one time with God. Or I haven't been prioritizing my time with my girlfriend. So – Feeling love from men feels great, but at the but it's a false love. It's a false love anchor, and it's even I'm not even relationships with those people. They're just I'm getting my emotional love tank filled from guys. Men do this to women as well, and so you kind of got to check in with yourself. I now have, keep very accountable with friends of mine that I'm like. Hey, you call me out if you think I'm getting too much emotional love from guys, honestly. And this is just real talk. Like I feel like it's still, you always have to, cause I'm dating a lot, but I also am like, okay, what's the balance in my life of dating a lot, but also Making sure I'm not falling into that pattern of over seeking validation, affirmation, and love from these people that are definitely not my husband. You know, <laughs>
0: I love that. I love it so much. Okay, like I know we've got. I wish we could talk four hours, but yeah. I know we're on a time crunch. So before we go, I also want to dive into your courses, your podcast. But before we get there. Let's talk about rejection because I think this is such an important topic. No one's immune to rejection in their lifetime. I mean, we're all going to experience Seriously. it. And one thing that, you know, even I've asked my husband if I could, you know, have the green light to talk about not like I need to ask him for permission, really. But I, mm-hmm. I hate I hate even saying it that way. But this is something that involves him dating all the things, and I really believe you know there were there were guys in college that I liked so much. I had journal pages about them, all the things. Yes, <laughs> thought they were my husband. Would pray over them. I mean, David knows. <laughs> so you know his feelings aren't hurt. He's fine, but. <laughs> Those situations didn't work out sometimes because of me, sometimes because of them. And I found it to be really like embarrassing or painful when I would experience that rejection. You know, here I was, I had written all these journal entries. I was so sure all the things. And now obviously hindsight's 20 I married someone that I feel like is so com- complimentary to me. I love him. He's amazing. I look back and if I would have ended up with one of those guys Based on their beliefs, based on what they would expect out of a wife, I literally would not have stepped into my destiny. And Mm. so... Yeah. I find it to be the kindness of God that I experienced that rejection because my destiny, yes. my calling, what I would step into and do for my career was at stake. And David, God brought David alongside me, perfectly complimentary to propel me forward in those dreams, champions me, really lines up with me on, you know, beliefs that would empower me to live out that lifestyle. You know, maybe I'm on the go more than an average guy would like his wife to be once they have children, stuff like that. or. Yeah. Women and leadership beliefs. Some of those things, those differences and beliefs are fine as friends, but if I would have ended up with those guys, I literally would not have stepped into my destiny. Yeah. And so I would love to talk about rejection, A, the pain it causes and that we all navigate, and B, how important it is to sometimes appreciate what that rejection yes. leads to in the long haul.
1: Mm. And th- I love that you're saying that because it is true. And the whole point, like what you're saying is – very much that, okay, we have blind spots, you know? And so we can be in a relationship that seems good or that we really want to end a certain way. But because we have blind spots, we all have blind spots. Like, thank God that he knows our blind spots and that he knows all the parts of us and knows what is good for us. So what I always say is I see protection in rejection. And I always see it as like, okay, if it's not working out, this is really God protecting me actually, because I have blind spots. I can't see what maybe doesn't make it like at the time, Like, maybe this could go on and maybe it could be great. And, you know, in my mind, my little human brain, that's what makes sense. But there's blind spots, maybe future blind spots, maybe blind spots I wasn't seeing in the relationship that maybe will come out later in time. And I'll be like, whoa, oh, my gosh. Yeah. And, you know, God knows the blind spots. So when rejection happens, you know, often we want to stew and simmer and just like focus on the why it happened. And I'm like, let's stop focusing on the why. And let's focus on the what to do to move forward because focusing on the why and like, why, 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 why now granted, if there are things you did truly wrong, that it's, it is good to like, you know, not sit in the shame of it, but learn from it to move forward. But if you really, it's like something where you're like, gosh, this is, it's, it's really, you got to figure out what you're going to do to move forward and know that God's protection is in rejection. And so for me, that's a huge part of my story I've been rejected so many times or had to break up with people as well but you know a year and a half ago I was in a very well a few years ago I was in a very health, healthy amazing relationship with a guy that I was very certain this is going to end in marriage like no matter what and people all around me supported it friends family community and I just didn't see a any other way. But after about six months, he came to me out of nowhere and was like, Kate, I don't know if I have peace about us ending up together. (laughs) There's that peace answer, right? But I was totally in shock, had no idea, did not see it coming. And I knew rejection was looming. And I decided he didn't want to break up at the time. So we actually took a break just to, I suggested, I need a break. I need to figure this out because I am so in shock that this is happening. And it also helped me so much in that time because I was like, God, I really don't understand if he's going to break up with me. Like there isn't like, it's a healthy relationship. There aren't like these giant red flags that would lead me to say like, this person is not good for me, but God helped me to figure out that your protection would be in this rejection. that maybe you're setting me apart for something different, like a different kind of life than I would have with this person. And maybe I just can't see that in this moment. And so through that break, I like literally wrote down the truths that I knew about myself and the truths that I knew were true about this rejection. If that breakup was going to happen, which we were going to talk about it in like, you know, after the break. And so I like physically armored myself with like, I felt like a shield of faith and just like all like this little armor was like my little notebook with all of my writings in it. Right. And I actually remember during the breakup, I brought that notebook and as soon as the words started pouring out of his mouth that he wanted to break up, I just looked down at my notebook and just sunk into these words to remind myself, like the enemy at those moments likes to come in and swoop in and take, you know, and then our thoughts go wild. And then we're in this whole downward spiral. And sometimes we'll end up pleading with the guy. We're like, no, please don't leave. and, I remember I was like, I'm not doing that. I'm going to have grace and strength and dignity and believe that even though I literally, my brain right now cannot make sense of why this is happening, I'm going to trust God's outcome because it comes down to this is that you do not want to believe that someone is only with you because you're waving your hands in front of them telling them how amazing you are. I say this all the time, but you don't want to think that. Do you like, does anyone listening, you know, like if you're thinking about it, a lot of times our tendency is like, well, let me like show you why you're wrong. Or let me show you why, like I am so amazing or why this relationship is so good. If that is their decision, you're not, you don't want to be sitting there waving your hands in front of them. You want someone's heart who's ignited for you and who's going to pursue you through the good, bad, and the ugly. And so my whole thing was, well, that is ultimately what I want. And so I could have in that breakup been like, yo, you're making a mistake. You're crazy. (laughs) You're like, just try to tell him all the reasons why this relationship was healthy. But instead I didn't, I chose grace, love, dignity, and we ended very peacefully and I was very deeply heartbroken, but it wasn't the kind of heartbreak that destroyed me. Like I was able to get up and say, I may not fully understand the why, but I understand God that you have an amazing future for me. And this does not mean I'm worthless or loveless or that I won't find someone else. And so we have to be able to have a mindset that withstands rejection and sees it in those ways. Because every relationship is, there's a lot on the line, you know, like any relationship can end in heartbreak. It's like 50, 50 chance, right? <laughs> like it's either you're going to end up together or you're going to break up and you're only with hopefully one person for the rest of your life. So that means you're going to have a lot of other heartbreaks. There's your, you know, there's not a magic pill to make it go away and just like get rid of heartbreak or rejection forever. But because there isn't, you have to figure out a way to have like the most like strong armor ever to be able to withstand it and that really happens I think in your mindset absolutely Um. oh girl (laughs) you can preach I
0: love our conversation I know that we are limited on time today so tell us where can people continue the conversation with you over on the heart of Jane podcast tell us about your course how they can work with you all the things
1: yay! Um, Yes, if they want to connect Instagram, my personal Instagram is at Kateness, K-A-I-T-N-E-S-S. And then Heart of Dating Instagram is at Heart of Dating. It's available where all podcasts are available. So you just type in Apple, uh, on Apple Podcasts, Heart of Dating, or on Spotify, or Stitcher, or whatever. And heartofdating.com is our website. And we did launch a course in 2018 called the Date Great Course. And it's a five-week intensive. We have a private Facebook community. It's really, really incredible. We go through all different areas of dating to really give you a true framework for how to do this well. We also break down rejection. We break down having deep love for yourself. We break down what are the dating essentials that you need and that you should be looking for, give you a new perspective on dating. So, like, kind of we touched on some of that today. And the final module is about discerning. So, what happens when you're in a relationship? How do you decide if you really want to be with that person? That's a hard one for people, and that also encompasses obviously breakups if you're doing the breakup or being broken up with. So if anyone's interested in joining the waitlist, we you can go to heartofdating.com slash date great. It's called the date great course.
0: <laughs> I love it. Well, Kate, thank
1: you so much
0: for joining me. It has been such a fun conversation and I can't wait for everyone to hear it.
1: You're so fun, girl. I love it. Thank you. I'm just so honored. Thank you for doing what you're doing. Your tribe is amazing. Your heart is incredible and inspiring. So I'm just honored. Thank you so much.
0: Hey, don't go yet. I would love it if you go over to iTunes right now and leave a review. I love hearing your feedback and it really makes a difference in getting the Radiant Podcast name out there. And while you're at it, why don't you subscribe and then share this episode on Facebook or Instagram or wherever your social media platform is of choice. Lastly, I'd love to keep up with each other. Come find me on Instagram at Kels Chapman, and let's get to know each other. Cozy up for the holidays with 60% off everything at Banana Republic Factory including soft sweaters, comfy pajamas, must-have gifts, and more from $9.99. Find your nearest store now, only at Banana Republic Factory. Get 50 through 70% off almost everything at Gap Factory and GapFactory.com. Plus, shop new doorbusters for the family, including outerwear, jeans, and our Gap logo crewneck sweatshirt. Find it all at Gap Factory or GapFactory.com through December 14th. It's not every day you have to replace a water heater, more like every 10 years. The Home Depot can help with a wide selection of the latest models from Rheem and a helpful online water heater buying guide to help make choosing the right Rheem easy. From gas to electric, tankless, even smart models that can spot a leak before it happens. Water heaters have come a long way. You don't have to. Go to homedepot.com to find the latest Rheem water heaters and helpful answers and advice from our water heater buying guide. Only from the Home Depot. How doers get more done.